Hey guys, Adam here. Just a word of note about these podcasts. Uh, they were recorded back in January uh, before Film Dispenser had closed its doors and also before the movie aisle had been uh, a reality. So you'll notice that there are some branding things in these um, in these episodes and um, definitely just go ahead and note that those those things are not applicable except for um, the social media stuff for myself and Marie specifically for the B movie podcast and then Marie for herself um, like with her own social media things you'll be able to follow us still on there and you'll also note that nothing was discussed about how Marie was coming on as a writer uh, onto the movie aisle because well the movie aisle didn't exist so I just wanted to give you those that heads up and then also a one word of note we've actually I've actually changed the title of it normally it would be just the actor's name Jake Gyllenhaal but because these came at a time where it was it was literally a limbo land between the movie aisle and film dispenser that this is unfinished business and I think that's a perfect title for this and uh, please enjoy these uh, these close to hour long episodes so you're getting like two additional hours of content not for free but you're you're getting started off with it and I think that, that it's a really good introduction into the podcast Hello? Can you tell me your name? I want to talk to my wife. Talk to me. What happened? Lock that door. Taking care of I didn't expect that. Did you sleep with her? What happened with you and Tommy? I thought you were dead. I just want to be able to come over and see the girls. What's wrong? Stop it. Garrett just nagged his mom would rather sleep with Uncle Tommy than you. Isabel! You know what I did to get back to you? You know what I did? Out of my back! You gonna shoot me? Shoot me! Shoot me! Welcome back to the B Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kautzer, and we're on the second half of our double feature, just simply called Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, nothing fancy because whenever we talk about an actor and especially one that I respect a lot we don't try to come up with some funny coy name um, though I may add in a Y in between just because um, Marie O'Sullivan who's uh, you know our special guest host today hello hello she loves <laughs> to call him her Jakey so yeah. we have to do Jakey Gyllenhaal because you know it's just my it boy Jake. Exactly. And today we are talking about 2009's Brothers, um, a film directed by Jim Sheridan, who I think we're going to get to in a few seconds. But um, I'm going to hand it over to Marie to talk about why she chose Brothers. I did. This was my choice. Um, Adam, you said to me, OK, let's talk about Jake. And uh, you pick one movie, I'll pick another. And, and I said, yeah, OK. And you came back to me and said, well, then I pick Prince of Persia. Lol, 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 lol. How would you like them apples? And I just thought, <laughs> right, OK. And I, I, I wanted to pick something that was relatively unseen um, 
and about the same time period. So I looked and my choices were really this, which was just before um, Prince of Persia. And the one just after was Love and Other Drugs. And I thought, well, shall we go a bit more comedy or shall we take a darker turn? And I thought, no, I like Brothers is a, is a good match in a mm -hmm. sense. Well, opposite match, if you like. Um, it's about Brothers which Prince of Persia is also features brothers, mm -hmm. but also it shows a very different kind of um, range and, and acting. It's a different, very different role. Um, probably filmed one after each other. So hence we're going with brothers. And it's, and to, to be honest with you, I'm glad that you chose that over Love and Other Drugs, not because mm -hmm. Love and Other Drugs is a bad movie. I actually like Love and Other Drugs. Um, I think it's the first time that Anne Hathaway has actually connected with one of her male co-stars is with Jake Gyllenhaal. I think that mm. I I think that it's not an Anne Hathaway problem as much as it's an a male actor issue like when it comes to chemistry with her and it's also there's another actress that we're going to be talking about about that I feel has major issues with chemistry also that's actually in this movie <laughs> we know where mm. this one's going mm -hmm. but, uh, but I really yeah. I like okay so I really like that uh, like you know I like the choice going with this because it's it's ex it's almost in diametric opposition of Prince of Persia. It's a small, intimate story. It's yeah. dark. It's it's violent in a way that's I never call violent tasteful, but there's a responsibility to the violence in here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is almost shocking. Um, and there are consequences to it. Exactly. There is there's yeah. repercussions, and it's. It's a, it's a story that, it feels like it's a movie. Okay, so like if, if Prince of Persia is a movie from the sixties out of, uh, out of time, because I mean it literally is. It feels like a nineteen, an early nineteen sixties adventure film in every way, <laughs> shape, and form, um, including its politics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brothers feels like a seventies film out of time. Um, ah, interesting. Like where. Like it's like it's like coming home or one of those like intimate dark dramas that deal with the ramifications of vets coming home. But it's done in a I feel like it's done not in a life affirming way, but in a way that doesn't betray good times and bad times. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. is it is it a great film? I think so but that doesn't mean that it's not a, a worthy film to talk about like I actually found myself like when I initially saw it I was like it's a good film now I'm like this is kind of a film that I wish would be produced more in Hollywood um, I think that if it was released in 2017 um, it may be it, it may have it may have had a different or even like any other time than when it was released. Because I don't feel, I think if I felt like, I remember it, but it got lost in the shuffle. I definitely know mm. that. Um, but it's a smaller scale story, but that's not a bad thing. No. What, what is your initial thoughts about it? Well, I, I remember watching it, uh, again, I don't think I went to the cinema to see it. I'm not quite sure how I missed it at the cinema. But I saw it and then realized it was um, a remake of... A Danish film mm -hmm. 
and I saw that, um, and which I wished I'd had time to revisit, but but didn't. And I remember thinking it was very, as you say, uh, well, domestic's not quite the right word because you know the guy travels to Afghanistan, but mm-hmm. it is set mostly. Well, a lot of it at the time in the house, and it's all very much you know, it's around based around the kitchen, and it is very very domestic, and that is something that you you see that it tends to suit smaller, particularly American films, or certainly the ones that I see. You know, nowadays mm-hmm. it's all big blockbusters; you put millions into it. <laughs> and smaller films get you know miss their chances because they don't get made because it has to be you know either tiny tiny or absolutely huge and something mm-hmm. like this which would be in the middle often slips by which is why i think the um the cast is the kind of interesting juxtaposition for this one for me anyway mm-hmm. no absolutely i mean you, you the the cast is is really a list like if you look at it it is a super a list cast um for an intimate drama like this is like yeah. this is one of those movies like everybody talks about the 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 mid the mid-level movie or like the 30 to uh, the 30 to 70 million dollar movie going away mm-hmm. this is like the classic like this is like one of the last 30 million dollar like mid-range budget movies that could make money but if it yeah. didn't make if it didn't win a ton of Oscars, it's not a big deal. It just was a good story to tell. Um, it is based off of a, um, a 2004 Danish film directed. We should note that the two directors that are directing each one of those respective films are very well respected. Jim Jim Sheridan, we already talked about, but interestingly enough, um, the the Danish film was directed by Susan Beer, who. Uh, many film fans probably know for her her larger um, her larger work on like a, well, a lot of people know her recently because she was uh, she did the Night Manager the TV mm-hmm. uh, the BBC series uh, to much acclaim which I mean to be honest like that that's an amazing TV series uh, she also did in a better world um, oh which, that's weird. that's a good one Definitely. that's an amazing film like if people yeah. have not seen that movie she actually won the best foreign language film for that which is a it's a it's a thriller um and it takes place um it it's it's i don't even want to ruin it. like i i would definitely say watch the trailer it's almost like like to me it feels like in a lot of ways like um the kind of stark thriller that we talked about the last time we 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 um the last time we got together to talk about films like in Dossies. Mm-hmm. Like like that yeah. kind of stark thriller that you don't see come out of America anymore is kind yeah. of what uh what um uh in a better world is kind of like. And I will leave you guys to watch the trailer to because actually the trailer is highly effective. Like the American trailer is highly effective. It's what got me to go see it. Um mm-hmm. but this film is I mean, you know, as uh, as the title suggests, it's about brothers. Um, it's about these two brothers, one that is a perpetual fuck up, uh, played by uh, Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal, our, our, uh, our Jake Gyllenhaal. And My another, boy, Jake. Exactly. And then another played uh, a respected, uh, a respected pillar of the community, a soldier um, played by Tobey Maguire in a very different turn for me. Like, 
I, I have very specific thoughts about Tobey Maguire when I when I've watched him in this film kind of subverts that in a huge way. Uh, uh, and it's not so much about their relationship as it is about their experiences, um, as, their respective experiences as Tobey Maguire's character, um, Sam, Sam Cahill, goes off to war in Afghanistan. And how he, and how his brother, his younger brother Tommy, uh, who's played by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, comes into his it, it, to say that he comes into his life uh, is it is is not doing the film justice because it's a lot more complicated than than just you know he takes over the 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 father figure role in the that position um, in in the home for his children and his wife. It's a lot more complicated than that, but, Mm -hmm. but to put it in the most basics of terms, that's what kind of happens. And the drama of the film is what happens in their relationships and how they both play off of not only the children, but, uh, but Sam's wife played, uh, by Natalie Portman, um, Mm -hmm. Grace. And, it's not as bombastic as you would think, and it's not sexual, which I want to get up front because I like the weird tickish thing about me is that there are certain things that I think that if people have listened to this podcast have started to like stitch together some of these kind of things that I don't like in cinema. And one of the biggest things that I do not like in cinema is the is the whole use of. Um, extramarital affairs as creating drama Mm. and now i know (laughs) this movie uses something like that but ultimately the movie the movie makes the choice to make certain characters be like have a moral compass and they find another way to find inherent drama in that situation which i really Mm. That, that I really respect. And that's something that I'm a really big proponent of. Like, I don't like it when, okay, so it's the brief encounter situation. Like, I, here's a little confession. I cannot stand David Lean's brief encounter. The reason <gasps> why? I know. Adam! I know. And I will tell you why. Because it's about two people who almost have an affair. And then the whole drama of it, the dramaturgy of it, is the fact that, the like we're supposed to feel bad for these people because of the fact that they didn't have the affair. Now I know that there's a lot more to it, but ultimately <laughs> it always sides on like for me it always sides on the fact that if you're creating drama out of extramarital uh, extramarital affairs, <laughs> there are other things that you can do and it just seems like nowadays in tw- in 2017 there seems to be that's all that the drama is in relationship films. Mm. And so I saw, okay, so, and then in my def, in my defense of A Brief Encounter, I didn't see A Brief Encounter until, like, gosh, it was, like, five years ago or four oh, okay. years ago. So I didn't see it in film school. Now, that's not to say that I don't respect the movie and I understand the history behind it. It's that thing that keeps me from... like from truly wholly loving it because if it was just about 
if it, I understand that intrinsically that's what the movie is about. And that's like, you can't untie that, that particular thing from a brief encounter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know. Like I, it's one of those weird <laughs> confessions that it's like it's like people are always shocked. They're like, "What? You 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 love David?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do love David Lean, and I do love Noel Coward, but just not that one." So uh, I I can't I can't even Adam, I can't I, I can't even <laughs> really. I, I have I have no words to say to you other than we need to talk about this at length. But, okay, well yeah. you know what we could because. <laughs> I have no problems because I, I have this rule. Anything pre uh, pre nineteen sixty is actually fair game for the B movie podcast. Oh, cool! Even if it yeah. is a even if it is a sim- cinema, and I would love to actually talk about it. Like I would have yep. no problems. We will put that actually on the books. We will make okay. it a double episode because I know how important. Like, and that's the thing that I hate to say because I know how important that movie is to British cinema. Like, it is a pillar of British cinema, and it's like, oh, oh. So, like, whenever I bring it up to people, they're always, like, they always look at me with a side-eye glance going, what? Why? It's beautiful. You're stupid. I'm like, yeah, I know. So, we, we will actually table that conversation for um, another uh, for another time. Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, so like... With all of that said, um, some thoughts about brothers. Some thoughts about brothers. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is a really interesting one. I remember um, at the time thinking, as a lot of people did, that Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal actually bore a passing resemblance. And somebody said, oh, they, you know, that would be really good if they played brothers. And then suddenly there they were playing brothers. And now I'm looking at them and thinking, hmm, I don't really see it that much anymore i did at the time but not anymore and um i find it difficult to to believe that jake is the younger brother and i know jim sheridan struggled with that as well mm-hmm. because the toby Maguire's character sam is goes through such a huge change jake's uh, character tommy his brother also goes through something of a change but not as huge a change yes uh, for different reasons um and I think what's really interesting about it is that it's set up as brothers. They are not that often together. No. On screen. And actually there are, without you know being too specific about the spoilers, but there are times when one of them disappears and one of them is there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, one another one, one of them just disappears completely from the final scenes. And it's just, you know, kind of written out of the story, if you like, which is really quite, quite sad. And the the way I think it's held together, because you couldn't have done that for the entire film. You couldn't have had a film of two halves and then a little coda at the end. Is that the, the flipping between, you know, these are the scenes in Afghanistan. These are the scenes back at home. And they do cut between them. I actually found that quite difficult to just keep. I felt like I was being pulled out of one world put into another and then just as i'm realizing what's happening there i'm pulled out again dropped back into wherever they are in the u.s i forget the name of the town and i it's not that i didn't like the film but i found it much more difficult to stay with than i had remembered um i think okay so this is my thoughts on it 
um, this is my thought. Like when I watched it, I had a similar reaction, but I think that maybe it might be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, but intentional for a different reason. For my reaction was it was the stark differences between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, like the 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 juxtaposition of both of the the family life and the the harrowing like uh, POW scenes, like or well the war scenes and the POW scenes um, mm. in, in Afghanistan and. There were certain moments, like, so it it becomes more clear when things really start to get dark. Mm-hmm. Like, when things really start to get dark uh, is also the moment when things almost could go really badly between Jake Gyllenhaal and Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if, like, at that moment, I'm like, oh, maybe the decision to do this isn't necessarily the best thing, like you were saying. But I'm almost like, mm. I, in, in an unintentional way, I almost felt like you were forced to choose a side to POV from. And I ended up point of viewing from Toby Maguire's character. Ah, and, you see, then I was with my boy Jake by default. <laughs> you see, but it was because of what, like, so with the second viewing, I, it was like, I instantly knew what was going to happen. I remember because mm-hmm. the, the thing that happens, the inciting incident that causes J, uh, to Toby Maguire to, like, his character to totally go off the deep end, to mm-hmm. not be able to handle anything, is a truly horrible moment like yeah i think that cinema it it's transcendent in the in the truest definition of the word because after that moment like it was like it's one of those things that's ingrained in my head so when i'm watching it from this like this time in these two viewings that i did i was going from his perspective was because this guy is going off to war and I already know that he's going to have to do something completely horrible. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it here because that's spoil that's super spoiler territory. And the miscommunication, the the child's moment of being a child. <gasps> yeah. It yeah. is is just as heartbreaking as what Sam is asked to do in the moment of survival. Yeah. Because it's like, but it's also a purely child moment. And that's where, like, I found, like, the movie connected with me. Is at that moment, it was like, it loses me for a second when it's juxtaposing. But it beca- mm-hmm. it snaps right back once he comes back in. Once he, once he is found and once he comes back home. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Go ahead. Just when you made reference to the child, I mean, that that young actress, Bailey Madison, she's called, she is spectacular all the way through. It's she really does. She has that pivotal scene at the the table, the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And just a few, you know, there are a couple of scenes that they play out before that to to kind of build her relationship with with Jake, with her uncle Tommy. And it's like, you know, she's the the less popular child 
potentially you know old people like my sister and you think yeah Tommy's felt like that as well and so he's kind of connecting with her and saying oh no but you're still really great and and it lifts her up you know you see her grow start walking next to him she suddenly feels yeah this is good and then as it goes on you see she's infatuated with her uncle Tommy you know she, she, mm-hmm. she's just so he's, he's the best thing in the world and then he turns up on the doorstep and he's not alone and she is so mad at him and she's so jealous and you think that's what sparked you know that's that's the final straw after everything else you know she's frightened of her dad she's scared about who he is now and then uncle tommy turns up with and you see all of this in her little face she is honestly she's amazing i loved her performance she is she's she's so heartbreaking and so like that's what I love about this movie. Like that's like these two moments, those two moments. Like it, mm-hmm. it's for me. Sometimes a a movie could be like I could love a movie for one moment, like one moment that is so out of character in a in a traditional like studio produced movie. And these two moments, the moment that that Sam uh, Toby Maguire's character has to do what he has to do to survive, mm-hmm. and and um. Uh, Bailey Madison's moment, uh, yeah, like as Isabel at the dinner table. Oh, good lord! Like those moments never happen in studio films. They just never happen no. in big budget films. And to have it go there, like it instantly, it becomes this thing of like that's reality. And we don't usually play with reality, even in dark dramas. We don't play with the the sinister reality of a situation, which is a kid is really good, like you know, a, a, like a little cute little girl who has problems. We never want to think of her as doing something as dark and repugnant as she does. But you can't blame her for doing yeah. that because she's a fucking child. She then, is. And, and it's such a weird, it's such a moment that breaks, like those two moments break my heart in a way and break my soul in a way that I just want to hold on to my dog and go, it's okay. The world is okay. <laughs> but, but it's like, it's not a horror movie moment. It's like a real moment. And that's where like, like this last viewing of brothers, I came down and I went, I fucking love this movie. Cause it has, mm-hmm. it has the guts to go there. It, yeah. And regardless of the complicated, like you are right, like the the storytelling and the way that they sh- they they tell it, it's and for me this time it felt like oh they're trying to make me choose between which brother like with those juxtapositions, it's almost like it's forcing you but not telling you which one to choose. It's forcing you to choose with your own kind of with your own history, bringing in your own baggage. It's forcing so you, you to you're, choose. You're kind of saying. Yeah, so whereas we kind of picked one of the brothers to side with, mm-hmm. actually, it's saying, but if you're Natalie Portman, which way are you going to go? Exactly. Which, okay, so, I hate saying this, but Natalie Portman is the weak link for me. She is, in lots of things she's done, very um, cold, I think is the word. And, and the yes. characters, characters she chooses are cold and difficult to spend time with um i think and now i thought it yep. was just me it's not i don't hate her i just think that she i'm just looking now at things that she's done. what the most the recent thing i saw her in was whatever the latest malik oh. torture was and, and I, 
yes all of his films are just getting to, i mean i used to love his stuff but the last two three have all been cuttings from the same load of film i think uh, song to song that's what she was in most recently yes um but she play i'm just looking at what i've seen her in recently jackie jackie kennedy mm-hmm. you know that's that's a detached cold character obviously under the circumstances she was in knight of cups which is the other um yeah, malik the, the, you know yeah the, the, the malik the, the malik like art, yeah. art installation that's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, she was in the other oh, Black Swan. That's another. I never got with Black Swan. The even, even, and I hate to say this. I only really like her in the first Thor movie, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't like what maybe what they did to her character in the Dark World wasn't helpful. But you know, she's she. I find her difficult to engage with, and I think maybe, maybe that's because of the roles, or maybe it's because of her. I don't know, but yeah. It's yeah. tough. I, I yeah. think she she is ultimately the thing that I end up um, the 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 she's the thing that ends up being the arbitrator uh, the arbitrator of like whether I like an whether or not I like a movie like I respect like so Jackie to me feels like the ultimate Natalie Portman role because yeah. <laughs> it is so distanced it is so yeah. brittle and crystalline. Like it, it just it feels like the ultimate like like that's how I see Natalie Portman and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like I've been thinking a lot about this like like why is it that it's like this like I like the last thing that I re- like if I said like honestly it's like Leon was probably the last thing that I could say honestly was like wow that's a that's a that's a fully invested performance there and then after that it's like this variation on the same thing that she's done, which is like this distanced performance, like this, this cold, this coldness that's Mm. there. And it might be like, to me, it almost feels like it's the way that she can engage in the thing that she's doing. Like the acting Mm -hmm. it's like, it's because she's so much of a public persona and for so many people both women and men she's like a cultural touchstone because of the star wars movies because Mm -hmm. of leon that maybe the distance that she has is to disengage in it because some people just don't want to be a part of that and it feels it feels like to me like there are seventy five thousand other things that natalie portman wants to do and none of them are acting and <laughs> like she is a great performer, but there is no like there's no passion there. It's like the difference between Scorsese and Kubrick. And I know that sounds weird, but go with me on this. Kubrick, there's a distance there. Mm-hmm. Like there's all the there's all like there's the technical mastery. Like they're both technical technical masters, but the difference between the two is Kubrick wants you to engage at a like because of his distance. Um, Scorsese doesn't know anything about distance. He doesn't know how to separate himself from his subject, and he ingra- like he ingrains himself into it. He puts his soul into it. And Natalie Portman doesn't do that. Natalie Portman, there's a, always a distance there, and. Even in even in this movie in Brothers, like the trailers kind of make you think, oh, maybe not. Like you know, maybe like I can I can get behind this Midwestern wife. 
it's still the same thing. And I'm, it is, yeah. I, 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 like, I can't engage with it. It's really, it's really interesting because the scene where she's sitting, she and Tommy are sitting in front of the fireplace, and they're having this little heart to heart. And Tommy says to her, "Do you know when you were at school, you were—I can't remember the exact words—but he says something like, you were really up yourself, or you were a real asshole, or something." Mm-hmm. And she says, "No, I wasn't." And I'm like, "I bet you were, because yes. you still are, you know." <laughs> she just kind of never got beyond that. And he's like, "What?" And she's her response is. What you th- you think I'm I was an asshole because I didn't want to talk to you and I like yeah okay the first thirty minutes Jake is a bit of a knob in this as well he's really annoying but uh yeah I can see why she would have been really annoying at at high school because she's just yeah just really mm. distant but she, you know yeah no no it, it's it's one of those things where I I like whenever somebody tells me like she's like one of those like she's like their favorite actress i'm always like prone to ask and and it sounds really bad but i'm i'm prone to ask why mm. because i honestly at a certain point i don't get it like i can understand respecting her because those though there are those performances that you have to respect like black swan like jackie those are yeah. things that but she keeps you at a distance she doesn't bring you in to her like yeah. it's the filmmakers that bring you into those into those movies, like it's very clear. Like Dara Aronofsky, the reason why you're in her head is because of all of the directorial tricks. Um, the same thing with Jackie. The reason why you're in her head is not because of her, but because of Pablo Lorraine and that weird, horrible score. Like I get nightmares about that score. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that that score that score from Jackie is a horror film score. Um, I mean, Jackie is like a an amazing staggering piece of work. But I also think like, like I said, if, if Natalie Portman had her way, she would not be in brother. She'd not be in anything. She'd just be producing documentaries or um, like, you know, like doing what she's probably doing right now, which is working with the timeout people, like pushing, you know, like, you know, pushing, uh, pushing agendas, the political agendas that should be pushed. I mean, yeah. in in a lot of ways, she's. I I feel like she's going to mirror. Um, ultimately, she's probably going to mirror. Uh, like, even though, like, when everybody made the whole like thing of like, she's like Audrey Hepburn, da da da. da. She's going to mirror Audrey Hepburn's career, where she's going to retire at a certain point, probably within the next five to ten years, and all mm-hmm. she's going to do is political work. Which, hey, I'm all for. Because, oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Because like when you when, when you're the weak link in a movie that stars Toby McGuire and Toby and McGuire Jake and Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> like if you're the weak link, but you're the one that has the most Oscar nominations from everybody, there's a <laughs> big point. fucking problem. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's I like, and to be honest, like, and I'm not trying to pick on her because I think it's because I have so much respect for what she does. It's like. She is like you said, like she's the one that has to choose, and you go, huh? But you, like, it's it's like you can choose. What I know is a testament to an actress or an actor. Period. Is if I can only see that person, and I can't name any other person that I could see in that role. Yeah, didn't do that great of a job. I like watching this now. I'm like. They could have chose like five other people and I would have been I would have been really happy with. And I mean, you know, like like 
not even five, 10 or 15 other people, other actresses in her age range or younger or even older. And it would have it would have walloped the film even more like it would have given us a bigger punch. Mm. So I don't know. It's like ultimately it works like to me, for me, the film works because because of. Because of Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal, even though, like you said, which is really odd because they only have, what, maybe two scenes, three scenes together? Yeah, there are a couple around the table, but yeah, not as, yeah, you're right. Not as many as you would imagine for a film called Brothers when they are, you know, the, the names mentioned first. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when they they're together, you I mean, to be honest, like I felt like they were brothers, whereas like, yeah, like, like, like when you see when you see the like, you know, Toby Maguire and Natalie Portman are married, you're like, really? Huh? I I don't see that. But okay. No, and that picture. Did you see the there's this picture they keep showing beside their oh, bed? Yes. The two of them. What that honestly, why did they do that? If. If I was married to somebody and I'd known them since I was in high school, I would have a better picture of than that of the two of us. It was absolutely horrendous. Yes, it was. It was really bad. I was like, oh. uh, okay. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I side on the fact that it's a super strong movie that I think that people should seek out. I, yes, I would say. I would say see the the Danish version. Uh, mm-hmm. What I re- I remember from what I remember of that movie, it's everything's a little bit better in it, um, with the exception of production values and such. Um, yeah. It's a little bit better, and you actually have the you actually have the benefit of a really, if I remember correctly, it it has a really great Connie Nielsen performance because Connie Nielsen is actually playing. The wife. The wife, yeah. The wife role. And I, I think that that was like the big deciding factor for me. It was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I like the Danish version better just yeah. because there's a little bit more oomph to it and a little bit more. It's like any kind of – I don't know. It's weird because like I always feel weird about um, Nordic dramas getting getting remade. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to like – like my first experience with the celebration and, and then everything after that movie is that there feels to be like this raw nerve component to all of the, like Swedish, Danish, like uh, Norwegian, like all of those, all of those Nordic areas, their dramas happen to have this raw nerve feeling that is never mm-hmm. produced anyplace else. And no. brothers had that. It does, and I think it has something slightly different as well in that, from what I remember, I think the brothers are older. Yes. And their children are older, so they've changed that a little bit. But actually, I think the significance of the the tour of duty is different as well because Danish troops would be United Nations peacekeeping troops rather than uh, Marines on you know, patrol duties or something. I think there's a different thing in there. And so therefore the the Danish soldiers would have gone to keep the peace. And so by ending up having to do what he did might have been even more, if it could be, I don't know, even more 
horrific i don't know if that's wrong it can't be even more horrific than what happened but do you see what i'm getting at <laughs> no i, I the, absolutely the context see. of it is yes no no different. absolutely it, it is it, it's a different flavor like yes uh, yeah. like this is not that is more like brother the brother this brothers is more about war that one is more about un peacekeeping which mm. it does create a different dichotomy um but they ultimately get to the same place. Yes, but just they do. Di- but just way different means to getting there. And um, it, it is a very different interpret. It's a very interesting interpretation. Um, and how they they did it. I would actually suggest getting both movies and having yourself like a like a, a viewing of both of them so that you mm. could actually make up your own mind as to which which one you prefer. I mean. I like I like both for separate reasons, and like yes, you said, like yeah. like the inciting incidents on both of them are very different. And you know, one like it's not to take away from either one of them, but they're mm. both they both like get to the their point. It just different ways to get to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm interested to know because I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't know what you what, I don't know what you feel about this, but I'm just wondering if there is a a dig at U.S. military for the way that they deal or dealt with um, returning soldiers with suffering with PTSD or you know yes. issues resulting from that. Do you think it was a deliberate dig, or is it just a aha? This is what it is, or I, I was it? Do you think it was trying to be politically a statement about that, or was it about the family dynamics? And the PTSD was kind of, you know, played the role in that. What's your take on that? I think it was, I think, I think it was a dig, Mm -hmm. but, and here's the but with the asterisk. I think that, that it was not handled as well as it could have been. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because this is something that is a common theme in like, it's, it's been a common thing theme uh, within movies like in American films for since the 70s um, there's a there's a great John Voight film called Coming Home that deals mm-hmm. with PTSD and with trauma I mean born on the 4th of July I mm-hmm. mean even recently there's a Miles Teller movie Thank You for Your Service um, there's another movie a couple of years ago that nobody has seen that's a pretty amazing film called Stop Loss mm-hmm. uh, it's, star- uh, it's directed by Kim Lee Pierce um, stars Channing Tatum uh uh, How have I not seen it if Channing Tatum is in it? What's going really? on Really? Oh, no. yes. It's it's a really... It, it, but it is a uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, uh. What's his name? Uh, I always want to call him just... Ryan Philippi. Uh, they're oh, all... Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's a movie about them... Like, Stop, uh, Stop Loss is about um, soldiers having to be... Re- are forcibly re-enlisted. But all of them have some form of PTSD and there's a major critique of that in all of these movies. This one, it's like, it's this like postscript kind of thing of like, because it's been built up and the last 20 minutes of the film is, uh, is Sam coming home that it doesn't feel like it's given the proper time, but it's just enough to go. We know like this is shorthand for like in America, we know that there's this issue. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so we're going to give you the abbreviated Cliff Notes version of this, which, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, it, does it does it work as a critique? No, uh, of the okay. way that you the vets are treated. But I understand where it comes from at the end, and it's showing us this. But I don't think it's the main. I don't know if it's the main point that they're trying to make, which is mm-hmm. ultimately like I fall on the. Well, if you didn't want to do it, then you shouldn't have just spent only five minutes on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, it is It is definitely something that I think that they were trying to make a point, but they were trying to squeeze it in. Okay. Which, okay. Which That's I don't, interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, um, where do you fall on this film? Do you do you feel like ultimately you, you like it? You don't like it? I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm running a letterboxed list, uh, of, uh, Jake in film. So mm-hmm. I have, I have star ratings for, I can't get onto letterbox right now. I have star ratings for it. And also, no, how have I done it? The star ratings are for how much I like the movie and the order in the list is for how well I think Jake's performance is. So when I get this added to the list, I think, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of of them. I think it's okay. I think it has some flaws. I think the structure of it that I described made it difficult, excuse me, for me to really engage. But I'm wondering how much of that was also, as you said, Natalie Portman. So I put it somewhere in the middle of my favorite Jake films. Okay. Uh, but there's a lot of strong stuff ahead of it, to be fair. So you know, yes. it's, it's it's not it's not the bottom by any means. <laughs> no, I no, I understand. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely not. It's like middle of the pack, but it's still one of those movies that, like, for me, ultimately, it's it's one of those movies where it's like it's in the middle of the pack of like of the scale of J- Gyllenhaal movies. It's definitely mm-hmm. middle of the pack, but that doesn't take away from its power in how like if somebody has like if somebody wants to see something um if somebody wants to see something that maybe they've not seen from Gyllenhaal I would definitely recommend this yeah and also just just for I mean I haven't said it enough I don't think but the amazing performance by Tobey Maguire I mean that Mm. dude like he goes places that I don't think that most people thought that the the kid who played, or the guy who first played Peter Parker would ever go. Mm. His eyes are really, really quite scary on occasions. And you just think, what is going on inside? It's, yes. Yeah, it's quite frightening. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. I, I, and I'm still waiting. Like, I don't know whether McGuire is, is a guy that's just like, you know what? I made my, uh, I made my Spider-Man money. I'm good. Let's just go ahead and peace out. Or if he really is like one of the, like, he's just... He's just not find the right thing, but he really hasn't uh, done a lot. Did he, yeah, did he not gamble away all his Spider-Man money? Is that not I, Is that not what Molly's game is all about? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, cuz everybody <laughs> knows that everybody knows that that Michael Cera character is kind of Tobey Maguire. Allegedly, um, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, but um <laughs> there is one fil- like okay, so his performance in uh, Pawn Sacrifice, which is the movie about Bobby Fischer, and he plays Bobby Fischer. That oh, right. Is, he is actually great in that. Like that, mo- that like him himself, he is really good, and it's got that twitchy craziness like thing that that Brothers he did so well in Brothers. Uh-huh. Um, but 
other than that, I've not seen anything else that he's been in. I um somebody told me he's in Boss Baby. Um I don't know what he plays in Boss Baby, but he's I'm in looking Boss at IMDB, Baby. it says he's narrating the adult Tim. Hmm, well, okay. But I haven't seen that. Either have I. Um, what did I see? Oh, The Great Gatsby is the last thing that I... He doesn't have an awful lot of credits since no. Brothers, to be honest. No, it's true. On IMDb. It goes, it goes The Details, which is a movie I haven't seen. The Great Gatsby, which again, he's the kind of young reporter, I think, who yeah. goes to try to... But I mean, that, that role is... You think The Great Gatsby, you don't think of... Of that uh, Labor Day, which I didn't see, um, a TV series called The Spoils of Babylon. Oh yeah, that's I a comedy. That, that's a comedy series. Yeah, I don't know that. And that's 2014, as as is um, Porn Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 2014, then The Boss Baby. 2017. So he hasn't done much. You're right. You're right. Mm. All right. So, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to see like if he could do this kind of work. I mean, you know. I definitely would love to see him in more things. Um, I, I mean, and this is just kind of like this, like for me, like this is like Gyllenhaal in that bridge gap kind of thing where he's trying to figure out what, like where he wants to be as a performer. Because if you see it, it's like he's doing kind of the kind of Tom Cruise type of thing, but he's also playing those dramatic moments with Tobey Maguire the same like with the same kind of intensity that you would later see from him in other work so it Mm. is kind of a fascinating it is a kind of a fascinating look at at a performer trying to figure things out because I think it's for me ultimately um Gyllenhaal figures figures everything out with prisoners like he figures out the performer he wants to be with prisoners Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that could be. Because Prisoners is... I mean, like, we've talked about it. Prisoners is not a full... Like, is is a film for me that suffers from its third act. But Mm -hmm. Gyllenhaal is... Like, that's the moment where I'm like, good grief, that kid can... Like, he's figured it out. Like, he's figured... Because it's... For me, with that role, it's the role that I look at it and I go... It's a it's a cop role, so it's a it's a very cliched role. But the way that he plays it, the intensity in which he plays it, and the commitment is all there in everything else that he's done since. And mm-hmm. it it ultimately prisoners for me. Ultimately, it's a movie that convinces me that Jake Gyllenhaal is a guy that I really really needed to watch. And then everything after that becomes this whole thing of like, wow, he's damn, he's great. I mean, and the whole thing is that enemies and prisoners comes out at the same time. Like they come out around the same time. So, and then you have Nightcrawler, you have Southpaw, you have Everest, Demolition, um, Nocturnal Animals. I mean, so you go into the quick succession of, even if you don't like the movies, him as a performer, it's like, wow, this dude is on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and then I mean, how can you how can you forget Okja with his with his, with his shorts and his mustache? <laughs> I mean, he obviously had such fun doing that. Oh, before. Yeah. yeah, and he's not nice to look at in that. That's not my favorite look. 
but um, <laughs> but what a role i mean that oh yeah. you just kind of throw yourself into a role like that that's brilliant mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um any final thoughts final thoughts well you know it's never a chore watching jake try things out on screen and um and i think you know the fact that we went for these two movies is a good a good point pre that with the exception perhaps of donnie darko you're not expecting too much from the younger man but as you said in the previous episode i think maturing that that starts here maturing into a really unmissable um actor for the choices that he makes so yeah well done thank you for inviting me i've enjoyed it (laughs) absolutely and where can people find you on the internet you can find me on Twitter and uh, Letterboxd when it's not down uh, at VSIPIR. <laughs> yeah, it's just down now. I was trying to check, but it'll be back. Uh, R-W-E-S-I-E-P-I-E. Absolutely. Uh, you can reach me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. The handle is BMoviePod, the letter B, the word movie, the word pod. Uh, uh, we will be back next week uh, with another double feature. Uh, I'm going to keep that one close to the vest. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, please watch these movies. Um, Brothers is actually, after me purchasing it uh, for a very reasonable price on Amazon, um, it, I actually found out that it's on Hulu, streaming on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, uh, give Brothers a shot because uh, it's definitely worth it. And uh, uh, you might be surprised at how much you like it. And just forgive it for all the on-the-nose U2 songs. Because that is one thing that I did not mention. Those songs are so on the nose; it's not even funny. But if you if you know if you know Jim Sheridan, you know that he's pretty much an on the nose kind of filmmaker. So there's not a lot of subtlety there. But sometimes you don't need that. So um, again, guys, thank you for your listenership. It means the world to this podcast, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Yeah.